Welcome to Bruin Success, where we talk to UCLA alumni and explore the many paths to success beyond UCLA. I'm your host, Katie Russo, and today I'm privileged to be joined by Cheryl Locke, UCLA Alumni Association President and shareholder at Full Culture. Cheryl is a double Bruin, earning her BA in Political Science and African American Studies in 2001 and her JD from UCLA School of Law in 2004. Cheryl, welcome to Bruin Success. Thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule to join us today. Thank you so much for having me and putting on these uh, really impactful podcasts. Absolutely. So to start us off, given the current state of affairs in our world as a result of the death of George Floyd, I know you issued a powerful letter to the UCLA community about a week ago to share your thoughts on what's happening. When you sat down to write that letter, what were the key takeaways or calls to action that you wanted to share with all students and alumni? So I remember sitting um, at home that Sunday uh, writing the letter, and it was initially just to the alumni board, uh, association board of directors. And then it sort of, uh, we fanned it out and we, we expanded out the recipients. And really, it was just my my feelings and processing what had happened the week prior and where I felt like we needed to go and my sort of internal realization that it had to be everyone working together to really change the status quo on where we are currently. And so it was just sort of my, my, my feelings, me processing what was happening and I know that not everyone is comfortable in participating in the same ways, but that we all needed to do something. And so that was my first thought is, okay, so how do we get that message out? How do I sort of express to people what I'm feeling and, you know, let other people know that it's okay to be feeling these ways and maybe other folks were processing it as well. So it's hoping that it would help in that sense, help people process. Um, knowing that other people are also processing. Um, also, in the key takeaways for that and the call to action were really just for people to do something proactively to move us all to a better place so that we can all live freely and equally uh, with those with dignity, respect, compassion, and kindness as I set forth in my letter. And so that means different things for different people. Um, and I wanted to acknowledge that in the letter as well, that it doesn't mean that everyone needs to do it in the same way, but to encourage people to do it in whichever way felt most comfortable and authentic for them to be working forward. And to feel like if I'm not protesting, well, there's nothing I can do. I didn't want people to also, I wanted people to realize that that's not necessarily the case, right? That you can work in other ways. You can do things in other ways and educate in other ways educate yourself, educate others in other ways. And so that was sort of the thought process in going through that and the ultimate conclusion of the letter was, you know, we may do it in different ways, but let's all do something. Yeah, no, I really, I really appreciated that from your letter. Um, was that just kind of openness to, like you said, there are so many ways to step up and contribute to positive change here. And you providing that platform of, you know, like you said, it doesn't have to be, you know, if you're not going to have to protest, there's still ways where you can engage in conversations with your own community, with your family, with friends, so that we can all start to move the needle in the right direction here as we see that, you know, we're, we acknowledge that the world is not just going to let this one, this name be another name, you know, and things like that. 
So I also wanted to ask, is there a special message or any words that you want to share specifically with our Black Bruin community across the globe? I would say that we are all in this together and that we will all work together to make the change that we must see in not just the U.S., although that's the current focus, but it, everywhere. We will do that together. Um, and, you know, those, those times when people feel alone, you know, we've all sort of felt that way, I'm sure, at one point or another. Uh, but know that, you know, as a community, we are all in this together. We are all moving, you know, for change together, and we will continue to do so. Wonderful. Thank you. So I know also in your letter, you shared um, the statement where you said, we will come together as Bruins for the broader community to serve as not only an example of the collective good we can achieve, but as partners who will work to build community that goes beyond UCLA so that we can better the world for everyone. Along with this sentiment, um, you had asked, how will you contribute to the collective community building that we so desperately need, which was hopefully encouraging everyone reading that letter to think about the ways that they're going to take action. Um, so for those, that who, for those who are now tuned in and ready to listen, learn, and act, what advice do you have for them regarding how to support and take action in order to ensure this transpires from a moment to a movement? From a moment to a movement, first, to really affect actual change, I would encourage anyone who is of age and able and eligible to register to vote so that we can make those changes and weigh in for our community come November or even in primary elections that are before then. So that's one, one thing. Uh, that's how we're going to make sure that this is not a moment and a movement is that we are uh, readying ourselves to make those changes on a uh, national and international scale with our vote. The other is, is that, you know, sort of remembering and recognizing that none of the civil rights actions that have come before us were ever short. You know, we see, we see clips in history books. We see, we see documentaries and clips, and they were not short-lived. It's a sustained action and it's a coordinated action. And I would say, you know, when it, when it gets hard, just remember that um, these were sustained actions and they have to be sustained actions for us to effectuate change. So it's okay to be tired for a day or two, but remember that we all have to get up in different ways and continue to push forward, to move for change. And so, um, it's going to be, it's going to take a lot of organization, a lot of collaboration, um, and a lot of planning. And, you know, you may be tired on the protest front, but don't, don't just stop and do nothing. Um, go, go back and find a different way for you to contribute to that same fight that maybe gives your spirit a little bit of a respite from the actual frontline protesting. Find another way to organize for a while until you feel like you're ready to get back out there. Um, and, you know, especially now with COVID and everything, not everyone can be out in, um, in, in protest because of just, you know, personal health issues, schools are shut down. Um, and so reasons like that might keep one from being able to be there in protest, but there are other ways to support and organize and Zoom calls and conference calls and, you know, other, other ways for 
us as a community to collaborate and to uh, really plan for this lasting change. The, the protests are a very, very, very important and essential part of things. The other part of it is if you want a legislative change, what are we doing on that front? How can people contribute to the change in legislation, whether it's lobbying folks, whether it's, whether it's you know, drafting or working with a group that's drafting proposed changes or what have you. And it's not just at the governmental level, right? I mean, that's happening in so many different ways, even within corporations, private corporations across the country. And so effectuating change wherever you feel like you can is meaningful. It matters. It turns it into a movement, not just a moment. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's wonderful. That's really great advice. And I think, like you said, there's so many ways. And I think from this, so much information has emerged in terms of organizations and resources. So being able to turn to, you know, your fellow Bruins too, to be able to find out other organizations you can get involved in, how you can volunteer, how you can show up. Like you said, if, you know, the protesting isn't something, but there's so many ways to educate and volunteer your time and to be able to have these conversations, like you said, so we can really move this forward. Another part of that is also the coalition building and building within different communities coming together, because that is always the ray of, of light um, for me is that when I see, as, especially as a biracial woman, um, you know, seeing the different communities from which I come, come together as one and unite, that is just, you know, that's that's just a whole nother level of moving us forward to this better place in this better world. Yeah, absolutely. Very empowering. So as the unprecedented events of 2020 continue to rock our world, another new challenge in the wake of this pandemic is the unstable job market for the class of 2020 ready to enter the full-time working world. What words of wisdom or support can you offer the next class of Bruins as they graduate and become alumni? Or also, how can they adapt and develop resiliency through all this change? I know that this is an extremely uncertain time, um, especially for our graduates just entering you know, the workforce. I know that there were jobs that people had secured that no longer exist, and how do they how do they pivot and what do they do? Um, I encourage folks to sign up for UCLA One uh, and make those connections um, and network with alumni um, because that will be at least one place where you can reach out, get some mentorship from someone who is in the same field that you are planning to enter, um, who may or may not have any positions available, but who may be able to just talk to you about uh, you know, information concerning the position or the type of work that they do, um, and maybe have some leads to connect you with other people. So that's number one is I would encourage our, our soon-to-be alumni to register with UCLA One and um, really use that network of 500,000 Bruins worldwide. That's, that's first. On adapting and resiliency, um, I graduated from law school in 2004, which was sort of when we were starting to see things that were happening in relation to the economic crisis that ultimately came to a head um, a few years later. And so what do you see? How do you adapt? 
Uh, it's really your skill set. Look at, I would say, focus on some skill sets that are becoming more and more necessary in the current world that we're in, because I think some of them will stick. We're going to be having Zoom meetings more often, I think. I think a lot of people have found how efficient they are, how well they work when everyone's on Zoom and what have you. And people are definitely more efficient with their time, I think, on Zoom. So those are going to be technologies that we're going to use and go forward. So I would say that, you know, hone your skills on that front uh, while you're in that sort of limbo space. If you have uh, lost a position that you secured as you look for positions, um, really look at the skill sets that employers are going to be uh, looking to, to deepen uh, when they do get back to the quote unquote normal uh, uh, job environment, whatever that means, because we are going to be preparing, I think, for a second wave. And so those skills are going to be really important. And if that's something that you have um, really put the time and effort into, that will make you more marketable in whichever field it is that you are looking to join. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, I think that's a great um, way of thinking about it is, you know, encouraging the upcoming class of 2020 to, you know, whether or not they lost the job offer or are searching and, feeling, you know, maybe pessimistic about what's out there is to be able to find, you know, ways to take advantage of this time, because, you know, you won't ever get the time back after you graduate and before you start that first full time job again. And so like you said, is there ways that you can continue to develop your skill set so that you, you know, when you're working on your resume, you feel confident going into those interviews and things like that with what you have to bring to the table, not only from, you know, what you gained at UCLA, but also the, you know, your own kind of professional development or self development that you did after you graduated. I think that's a really great idea. And I'll also say, um, shout out to our careers team. There are a lot of um, really great uh, digital resources available on the uh, careers uh, portion of the website, some links to some things that could help you, you know, revise your resume, different webinars, talking about trying to, uh, you know, look for a job in the current market. And so there's a lot of great resources um, there that are available from the careers team, in addition to whatever network you may be able to leverage via UCLA One. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, our alumni career engagement website, um, for those listening is a great place to access those resources that Cheryl mentioned. So as we welcome the class of 2020 into alumni life, what can you share or recommend about how Bruins can think about staying involved and maintaining their relationship with UCLA as alumni? So I would say first and foremost, as you enter into your career path, um, you have to focus on your career and doing well and excelling and learning. And it is really a lot of learning on the job learning. And so that's your primary responsibility when you're first entering the workforce, Uh, what, how to stay connected and try how to stay involved. That is ultimately, I think going to be beneficial for your overall well-being because it is UCLA is a place that so many of us spent um, our entire adult lives by the time we graduate or the majority of our adult lives by the time we graduate. And so staying connected is for a holistic view, I think, uh, just just a good thing to do for your holistic uh, development and betterment. The other part of that is that no matter which field you're in, networking is important. And so 
maintaining your connection with UCLA and with other Bruins is going to be important uh, as part of your career development going forward. And so I encourage people to stay involved. I encourage people to reach back uh, to that strong network of 500,000 Bruins worldwide. Now, I would say how to stay connected and how to be involved. Pick something that you are passionate about, something that really matters to you and speaks to you, because that is also going to go to the holistic benefit uh, of being connected. Because if it's something that you're not sort of into and you don't really have a great love or affinity for it, it's going to show and it's not really going to be fulfilling for you. So pick something that is meaningful to you that you are passionate about. And I would say since your first real duty is going to be learning your job, learning your new career, learning how to be a full-time employee for X, Y, or Z uh, company or individual, um, start off with one and don't spread yourself too thinly. Uh, because then you're not doing yourself, um, you're doing yourself a disservice because you're kind of all over the place and not really deeply committed and deeply ingrained in something. So I would say start off with one thing that is really meaningful to you so that you can balance uh, the, the, the requirements of your first full-time position. Maybe it may not be your first full-time position, but it certainly is, you know, your, your first job after graduating. And so focusing on that, um, doing those things, but then getting yourself a health, healthy balance of activities outside of that job. Uh, because self-care is really, really important. You don't want to spend your, uh, spread yourself too thinly. Yeah, that's, that's such a great point. And I think I was just, as you were saying that, I was thinking how, how precious that time is outside of work, like you just mentioned. And so, like you said, such a great point to, you know, for our upcoming alumni to consider is, you know, focusing on something that they are passionate about that gives them energy that way, you know, they do want to dive into it in that limited time outside of their job or outside of work, they feel, you know, engaged and ready to be able to kind of contribute their time and energy there. So I'm also curious, in what ways does UCLA continue to support Bruins once they've graduated? In so many ways. Uh, like I said, uh, networking is going to be really important no matter what you do. Uh, no matter what career path you follow, knowing people in similar spaces or even in different spaces is always going to be an asset as you progress through your career. And so that is one way uh, that UCLA, the alumni community, is really helpful and supportive to our new graduates, to our new ranks of alumni, is to provide that networking opportunity. It's not just for you know career development necessarily, but it's also for support when you hit that bump in the road um, in your career or in your life. It can all it can be a support system for you as you go through these difficult things. So I think that's one way we really do uh, support our alumni is via this networking opportunity uh, via UCLA and staying connected and being there for one another. Yeah, and I think to your point, um, even for me in coming to UCLA as a staff member, I have been so impressed with the amount of opportunities and programs that Alumni Affairs puts out for their alumni that cover, like you said, the scope of everything from personal development, leadership, management, career development, there's so many different and then also just social and fun networking, you know, events and opportunities. So I think there's 
so many different things that UCLA offers to alumni, depending on interests, needs, where they're at in their career, their industry, um, that alumni, you know, especially our upcoming class can think about and take advantage of. Yeah, it really is, I would say, an all around support system for whatever it is that you may be looking for. There's, you know, there was one of the first webinars, I think, that was done uh, when we all went into Safer at Home back in March was a webinar on mindfulness. And that was just sort of support on a holistic view that wasn't really about how to get your career jump started or this, that, and the other thing, but really just focusing on the individual and where people might be recognizing that this is going to be a difficult situation for a lot of people. And how can we really help focus and balance uh, the needs of career development with all of these other things that we're pulling with um, that we're sharing time with and we're juggling. I mean, I'm at home with my son doing virtual school, elementary school and working. And, you know, mindfulness is one of those aspects that I think we tend to lose when we're going through the hustle and bustle of everything. So to have the alumni association say, Hey, this might be something that is helpful for you in this time. Uh, that's also something and another way that the alumni association is supporting alumni. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, I, I remember when the, seeing that email come through for that webinar. And I, I think I remember going to RCP like the day after it was sent out and they had already reached like they had over thousands that had registered already just within the 24 hours. So I think, like you said, showing, addressing that clearly there's a need there and people you know, we're in a fragile state of trying to navigate this uncertain time and knowing, hey, this is something that how can we try to stay present and move through this um, and be mindful, like you said, balancing everything. And now that home is workplace and all everything else that came with it. So my last question is, since leaving UCLA, you have accomplished a lot professionally while also managing to be a strong leader and volunteer in the UCLA community as an alumna. Through our interviews um, on the podcast, our final question, we've found that everyone defines success differently. So um, this is kind of a two-part question. So one would be, as a result of your career and life experiences, how do you define success? Um, And then the second part would be, for our graduating class of 2020, what advice can you share with them as they embark in their careers about maybe things to think about of how they view or define success? That's a great question. Um, For me, I define success as ultimately whether I'm happy with where I am in my life. And so that wasn't always the case. When I first got out of law school, it was, you know, did I get this job? Am I making a salary? Am I doing this work? Am I happy with the work that I'm doing? And all of these other things. And then life happens, right? Other things start to take priority. Uh, You know, I met my husband. We got married. Uh, had our son. And so things start to shift um, and you really start to put things in sort of a larger picture where you realize that it's not just this bucket or that bucket. Um, So I would try to say, define it, um, trying to find success holistically, not just the success in career or success in one aspect. And really for me, it comes down to, am I happy with where I am? Am I comfortable where I am? You know, can we all improve? Absolutely. There's always room for improvement, but ultimately, am I happy with the balancing that I have? And that's how I judge success. 
Um, and that changes, you know, all, all of the time. Um, sometimes you're happy with this aspect and not in that aspect. And then you have to figure out how to balance that and sort of change that calculus so that you are happier in more, in more spaces. Um, because ultimately that can, if you aren't, you'll find that that can take a toll on you in other ways that you wouldn't have even imagined. You know, you start stressing yourself out, you make yourself more susceptible to getting sick, you find yourself in this, that, or the other predicament. And so trying to define success beyond just one aspect um, of what it is you may be doing at the time um, is how I define it now. And that wasn't always the case. It's something that sort of came with time and maturity and being out in, in the workforce for longer. Um, and so I would, the advice I would give uh, to our class of 2020 is you've accomplished so much already and we're so excited to see what you're going to do and how you're going to change the world. Recognize that we as alumni are here for you to support you in that next endeavor. Don't let a bump in the road because they will come derail you, right? Don't let that derail you uh, and figure out and don't put all of your eggs in one basket to define what success means for you because success is a balancing act every day, all day. It does, you know, you can be fantastic at work and, you know, something will happen completely the opposite um, in your personal life. And so don't let that one thing just sort of define you. Your success is across a lot of different buckets and that's okay. And they're not always going to be, you know, firing on a hundred in every single aspect and that's okay too. So that's, don't put too much pressure on yourself um, to be firing on a hundred on everything because it's just not realistic and you're going to end up taking a toll on yourself mentally physically and so you know know that you're doing enough that you are doing well that you've got a lot of people behind you to support you um and we are here to support you just reach out and let us know that that's what you need at that moment and it's okay to ask for help yeah wow that's really just fantastic advice and i love i love your point about success is each and every day and in all different buckets, like you said, and finding ways of balancing that, you know, it's not always going to be 100% in one area and being mindful of that. Um, and like you said, taking a little bit of that extra pressure that we know, especially as Bruins who are overachievers and have accomplished so much already, right? You know, trying to take that one extra level of pressure off ourselves to know that, you know, if you're doing your best, and like you said, if you're happy with where you're at, evaluating, you know, what aspects maybe you aren't as happy in, if there's ways to alter that, but making sure that you also take care of yourself with no matter what through, you know, that first job and things like that. I think that's just such, such important advice. There's a lot of things that, you know, you wish you would have known when you graduated, right? And then you kind of learn from life. And so <laughs> some of those lessons you have to learn on your own, you know, but some of them, you know, it would help to know, you know, what other people are thinking and how they feel now after having been through it for a while. So, yeah. Definitely. No, for sure. Those, <laughs> those life lessons, like you said, we all have probably a number of those. Um, but some of those initial words of wisdom, like you shared, I think are just so helpful as they are, you know, preparing for that next chapter. 
Well, thank you so much, Cheryl, for your time um, today in our conversation. We are so appreciative um, to have such an amazing alumni leader um, like you who has led our organization and our board. So thank you for everything that you do for UCLA. Um, for current Bruins and the next generation of Bruins. We are really lucky to have alumni like you that are leading us um, into the, the next chapter. So thank you um, for your time and your um, thoughts today. Thank you very much. I appreciate all that you do. You've been listening to Bruin Success. Our guest this week was Cheryl Lott, UCLA Alumni Association President. You can learn more about Cheryl in the description of this episode, and we encourage you to read her statement from May 30th and explore resources available through UCLA Equity, Diversity, and Inclusion, Counseling and Psychological Services, and the RISE Center during this time. You can also find links to the Alumni Career Engagement and Diversity Programs and Initiatives webpages for further resources and support from the UCLA Alumni Association. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time when we're back with another inspiring Bruin. This podcast was made possible by UCLA alumni.